One, zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes here uh, with my good buddy Doug McCary coming to you live Tuesday, September the 19th, I believe it is. Glad you have tuned in. If you want to call in this afternoon, the number is 844-777-7928. And uh, Doug, good to be back. Thanks for uh, you know letting me off uh, on such short notice yesterday. And thanks to our good friend Tim Carter for filling in. Tim, thank you, brother. Uh, you, you will be a quick backup for us going forward. I just finished uh, – I was just listening – to the uh <clears throat> the uh, recorded version from you and you guys talking yesterday and uh tim's a natural i don't yeah. know if that came through yeah. the bloodline yeah, or he what said, well, he said he wasn't that into it uh i mean like he he said he's more of a behind the scenes guy but uh i think he uh he did a really good job he really so. did he really did i appreciate that and uh, yes we do have a new grandbaby and uh uh ellie Ellie Dirks Sykes. Thank you for giving us the name. Me and me and Tim were like, uh, "Come on, Brad, give us give a brother some help here, man." We we're like uh, hanging out here. We knew there was a baby. We didn't know if it was a girl or a boy. Right. So, Ellie. Yeah, that's I figured a, you'd like that name. Well, I like that name. <clears throat> yeah, I have a daughter. Yeah, Ellie Dirks yeah, yeah, Sykes, and uh, Dirks is actually my daughter-in-law's middle name, also. Mm. Which isn't it interesting? I don't know that i knew that uh i hate to admit that on the air hopefully rachel's not listening to me <laughs> but uh baby and mom are doing great ben is uh doing his duty as dad and husband yeah. and uh we are we are just beyond uh, excited about ellie um we've got a busy week coming up we we've got a uh, our last of five children getting married in a in a week yeah. And uh, man, I am just worn out. Are you? <laughs> Do you ever? Yeah, I know you get like that, where you've got a lot going on, and you're like, you know, what, what these events haven't even come, and yet I'm I'm still just worn out. So uh, <clears throat> anyway, I, I'm glad uh, Tim was able to fill in for me. I, you know, by the way, I just wanted to mention this, and it was kind of troubling to hear the first segment from yesterday when you guys were talking about this unconditional conference. Uh, embracing the journey presents unconditional conference which is uh this two-day premiere event for parents of lgbtq plus children mm-hmm. man it's uh <clears throat> very disturbing that this is uh something that uh, you use the word uh a quiet space what was it something about uh being in the middle and a quiet space a place to come and and talk about these things well i shared this yesterday quieter middle space one, one, I see it. one of the issues that's really impacting a lot of faith communities around the country is that people who are in um uh, regular uh like th- they're in regular normalized homosexual relationships are calling themselves believers who uh, either one um, you know what we know we're sinners but god doesn't want us to separate from each other because we're legally married under the the federal law or whatever um, recognized by the supreme court or they think god is 
absolutely okay with a lifestyle that is completely uh, apart from his design for man, woman to be in a marriage relationship and produce children because no homosexual couple can produce children. No lesbian couple can produce children. They can adopt, but they cannot produce because it's not normal. It's not normal in the animal kingdom. It's not normal in humanity. It was not God's design. And there's going to come a time in our country where people are going to really have to suffer consequences if they hold to that view publicly. And it may and it may already be happening to people with their jobs, but this kind of conference shows when you get a guy like Andy Stanley, and listen, you, we, we've been talking for the last few years about how he's kind of departed a little bit in some of the things he said. Well, Al Mohler said, you know, the, the train is leaving the station like mm-hmm. Andy Stanley is gone is what he says it and so to to have uh homosexual men get up on stage to be talking to a quote audience that's supposed to be a Christian audience that's coming to learn how to minister how to walk with Christ how to do that so we can have what he calls a more uh, what does he call it? A, a more, <clears throat> quieter middle space. A, a, a quieter middle. Um, <clears throat> could you see the prophet Elijah doing that with the, you know, hey, let's get some of you Baal worshipers in here. Right. Help us understand how we can minister to you. Right. Or even Paul. Yeah. You know, not not calling it what it is. No. Um, not at all. Yeah. You, you name any other sin where we would have a conference. <laughs> I mean, a, a full-blown conference and i'm looking at this and there's gotta be there's gotta be half a maybe a dozen people speaking at this conference well yeah one, well, one <laughs> of the guys is a guy named david gushy who is a guy who wrote a book called changing our mind and he is advocating that now people who are homosexual can have one person for life be faithful in a loving, non-exploitive, you know, reciprocal relationship, uh, which is, quote, the highest expression of sexual ethic. And he can't find a reason to say no to this lifestyle anymore for people to affirm it. And so, you know, Andy Stanley being a guy who has the kind of influence that he has, really, this is really damaging both to the reputation of his church to the reputation of, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's really hard uh, for a lot of people are calling uh, out Dallas Theological Seminary because they hosted him a while back to Mm. talk about something. And, you know, uh, this is just adding to the list of things again, that is a human course he is, but as a teacher, as a leader to be doing this kind of stuff, it's really it's sad it really is obviously you and i both are um, positive on dallas theological seminary well that's where Uh, tommy went they put out some good people one of my best friends is from there went there and got his degree and he said it's just really sad the whole thing yeah i've been fortunate enough to be on that campus several times my brother-in-law tim has spoken he used to speak there every year Mm -hmm. i mean whether it's tommy nelson or howard Hendricks or tony evans or chuck swindoll uh, boy, the list goes on. We've had several of those people on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Wilkinson, uh, yeah. DTS guy. Uh, it just, it's, it is, uh, again, my issue is, 
and I think you brought this out. I'm not looking at it, so I'm not looking at their website. But you said something about, or you quoted something that maybe Andy Stanley said that if you if your theology holds you back from ministering to these people, oh, yeah. you need to check your theology. I may have misquoted you there. No, that's a bit. pretty. That's close. To now here's here's the way I see that. My theology doesn't keep me from ministering to those people. Yeah. But my theology is going to call the sin out. It's yeah. not going to affirm that sin, and that's the culture we're in today. Yeah. Um, but again, name any other sin. I mean, I don't care whether it's alcoholism, drug abuse, pedophi- pedophilia. Just go down the list of things that would be an abomination to the Lord mm. that we would just embrace. Not, there's nothing else that we would that I know of. You know, but uh, it's like Tim said, you, you it's a slippery slope. You start going down that road. You know, it's it's so yeah, but, but, so but Brad, clear. I'm telling you right now, if you go on social media, you can actually, if in your circle of friends, and I said yesterday, I have someone who is very close, who practices that lifestyle, who um, believes that God is okay with it, and that person talks very openly and freely about their relationship with God, why people need to trust God and all this stuff, and yet they're openly living in a very... Um, homosexual lifestyle well that that would be like me living in an open adulterous lifestyle coming up here teaching about god every day and speaking about god every day knowingly going against what his word commands me not to do yeah and affirming it and affirming it yeah Yeah. just saying so 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 what god has said no to you've said yes to yes and it that that is that is not a judgment of Doug McCary no. or Brad Sykes no. No. or SWAT radio. That is what God's word says. It is what, and it's not just an old Testament thing. It is in Romans one, read Romans one. Yeah. It is an yeah. indication of judgment. And so Christians, men and women out there do not be cowed into silence. When this issue comes up, speak about the truth. Yeah, that's that's this whole first segment we talk about speaking the truth and love with a Christian worldview in mind. You know, if we're going to be warriors advancing truth, we don't pull back because it becomes uncomfortable because it's not culturally popular. You know, you look you look at um, you know even what we're going to be looking at this week in our SWAT Bible studies, we're looking at uh, about John the Baptist. You start taking a stand for Jesus. It's going to cost you. Yeah. It cost John the yeah. Baptist, cost Jesus, cost Peter, cost Paul, cost all the apostles. You will suffer if you take stands for truth for him. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're hateful to people. It just means you speak the truth lovingly because that's what true love is, isn't it, Brad? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, hey, before we go to break real quick, have you uh, been aware of what's been going on at Auburn University? Did you see that? You know, just bits and pieces. Don't know in depth what's happening there. I know there's a lot of people being baptized. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know. well, about uh, it was a, a while back. Five girls decided to start going to the arena and praying together. Well, that group began to grow of people going with them to pray for their campus. And then it grew to a couple of hundred, and then some other ministries out in town got involved. Well, uh, last week, uh, they had 5,000 people come to this prayer event. 
And Hugh on Fre- the campus. Yeah, Hugh Freeze is a very public and outspoken believer. And he actually was helping baptize. And one of the players on Auburn went forward to get baptized. And this is kind of spreading around. It's crazy. Um, you know, one of the students said they never seen anything like that their entire life. Now they're young, but wow. still. Isn't that, isn't that, That's it, encouraging. Yeah, it is. So um, there may be superficial conversions there, but I'm sure there's authentic ones as well, like yep. there always is. Yep. So, um, you know. Praise God that they got together and prayed, and and these people are at least having this open forum there where they're praying for their campus to come to know Jesus. You know, love it. Well, yeah. this is uh, this is a testimony to just the faithfulness of five girls mm-hmm. who were, were felt led to do this. I wonder how many of us have felt led to do something, yeah, but we never stepped out to do something. Yeah, you know, I, and 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 not believing. In fact. Uh, Goodness, probably three or four weeks ago, uh, Joby um, made this statement. If if you could do anything for the Lord and you knew it wouldn't fail, what would you do? Hmm. And I mean, that's something to think about. If you were to do anything for the Lord, what would you do if you thought it wouldn't fail? You know, and uh, makes it makes you go, okay, what would I do? And uh, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful, Doug, that you at some point trusted God. You know, whatever. You, you just believe that God's going to provide. Yeah. And uh, look at the results. He, he provides for everything he wants to accomplish. Uh, amen. Amen. Despite us, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, glad you tuned in. 844-777-7928. If you want to call, we'd love to hear from you. You can also email us your questions or comments to ask at SWATradio.com. A-S-K at SWATradio.com. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Waycross at 91.3. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war, I can never be, never be free without Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Tuesday afternoon. We are glad you have tuned in. Uh, If you want to call in this afternoon, we'll take your calls at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. 
And uh, if you have questions or comments, again, you can always email us at ask at SWATradio.com. If you are new to SWAT, maybe you just stumbled across us today, uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Uh, this radio broadcast was birthed out of a, the SWAT Bible studies that take place here on the First Coast, Northeast Florida. And uh, goodness, it's been almost, uh, it's been right about seven years since we, Doug and I, uh, made our first broadcast and uh we are still at it glad to be uh heralding the word of god here on the air but also the aspect of a discussion that we're it's not just information it's information that needs to lead to transformation and we're thankful for the stations that have brought us on 91.7 here in jacksonville 91.9 in saint augustine 91.3 in folkestone georgia uh, we had Tim Carter in yesterday from Meridian, Mississippi, two stations out there, uh, WMOX and WMER. And uh, we also are up at on the Lighthouse up in Virginia and the Virginia Beach area. And so, uh, listen, we love hearing from you guys all over the place. You can listen uh, via the uh, SWAT radio app if you don't have the app. I, I recommend that because I think there's so many opportunities. I may be on the road for two or three hours and I want to – listen to some past broadcasts that we've had you can go there you can go to the SWAT radio app at swatradio.com listen to any past broadcast or listen live while you're sitting at your desk so uh anyway all that to say jumping into mark doug and i i uh i was i got through the first segment of you and tim yesterday so i need to kind of go back and see what you guys work through but i'm excited i'm excited about mark uh, i know we'll Based on how long we spent in Acts, we'll probably be in Mark for about two and a half, three years. No, we'll, we'll probably, <laughs> um, my guess is a year and a half maybe, uh, because Mark is about, you know, it, it's going to be about half the size of uh, Acts, maybe a little longer. But, you know, um, the thing about this gospel that I love and probably most men love is it is action-packed. Mm-hmm. It is full of like movement and <laughs> yep. it, it there but believe it or not there's just even though there's teaching in every verse there's not a lot of jesus public discourses or a lot of his public teaching it's more about the life of jesus um, as he does miracles as he moves from galilee to jerusalem and really it's about the servant king jesus the servant suffers uh that that was something that was alien really to the jewish people of thinking about their messiah being a suffering servant and you know mark kind of the key verse in it is mark 10 i think mark 10 45 where jesus said hey even the son of man referring to himself did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life and this is good news you know mark starts off with you know, the beginning of the gospel or, or the euangelion, the beginning of the euangelion, the good news of Jesus Christ, the son of God. That's the only thing Mark really comments to in his writing. The rest of it, it just unfolds. You know how like sometimes in John, John will say these things were written. He'll give right. you a comment, Matthew or, or Luke, but Mark just that's it. He says that and then he unfolds the story through Mark. And you see three main groups of people throughout this story, the disciples, 
the crowds that are there uh, kind of responding to Jesus' miracles and the religious leaders. And I, w- I would lump the Romans in there with the crowds too, but that's really their their audiences throughout. And Mark is just telling the story. And what we were looking at this week and we're going to really get into today is who was Mark? You know, who we talked about kind of the structure of the book or an overview, but who was this guy named Mark? And the first place we see him in the Bible is in Acts chapter 12. <clears throat> and just as a reminder, because, you know, it, like you said, it's been a couple of years. So it's been a year since we were in Acts 12 on the radio. Um, the first 12 chapters are act, of Acts are about Peter pretty much spearheading the effort to get the gospel from Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and actually to the ends of the earth, but he's the primary preacher. But starting in chapter 13, something happens. Peter is no longer the primary preacher that we see in Acts that Luke records. It is Paul. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And um, even though Paul had this Damascus Road in chapter 9, what we see is a transition in 10, 11, and 12. And especially in chapter 12, what happens uh, it's it's the end of Peter's ministry there mm-hmm. publicly in Jerusalem. James is, is beheaded. The brother of G, uh, the brother of John is beheaded. Peter's thrown in jail. In fact, Brad, why don't you open your Bible to Acts chapter twelve and just read verses three through twelve? Just yeah. Acts twelve. Three through twelve. Yeah, Acts twelve three through twelve. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews. He proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Verse 6, now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals, and he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out, and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Verse 12, When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And and so... That's the first time we see John Mark is here in Acts chapter 12. And of course, John was a Jewish name. Mark was a Gentile name. Hmm. And it's the first thing we see. And it's not even used to tell us anything about him. 
It's used as an identifier for his mother to identify where Peter went because it was her house. And that's interesting, which means she's probably a widow more than likely Hmm. because otherwise the husband's name would have been used there. And so um, that's the only reason he's even mentioned to identify that this is where Peter went. Now, let me ask you a question. You get out of prison, an angel comes and releases you from a guy who's going to kill you the next day. Your first response is probably not to hang around, is it? No. But he knew the church was praying for him. Yeah. And what does he do? He goes to the place where he regularly met. And whose house is it? By God's sovereign design, Peter met in the house of John Mark and his mother Mary. That's where that church met. Now, of course, there were many house churches around Jerusalem, but that's where Peter, the leader of the Mm. group, went. And so he would have known Mark, and Mark would have known Peter. Isn't that fascinating? Love that. Absolutely love it. And this is about 14 years after uh, the death of Christ. And so, you know, this next part, we I, I got to just go back over this because it's so funny. When Peter knocks, the servant girl, Rhoda, answers the door, and she <laughs> recognizes Peter's voice, but she's so joyful, she doesn't even open the gate. She just goes back to tell everybody, hey, Peter's here. And like good, prayerful Christians do when they've been praying, fasting, and asking God for something, they see an answer and they immediately (laughs) respond with praise and joy, right? No, that's not what happens. What happens is they go, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Now, isn't that that crazy that we, do we do stuff like that? Oh, man. I've got that highlighted in my Bible. Yeah. You are out of your mind. Yeah. They, they, they're praying for Peter to be released. Right. And they, she comes back, hey, he's here. You're crazy. That That is just so us and human, right? Yeah. But I'm even like, Peter, not even sure. He, he He's thinking he, this may be a vision or a dream is, or some he, kind. He, he is. But but the, the point of it all is we see John Mark has a strong connection to Peter here. And nothing is said about John Mark's character. Yeah upbringing his, who he is uh, other than he's the son of mary his family we just know that now go to the end of chapter 12 brad if, if you if you go all mm-hmm. the way down verse to 25 verse 25 yeah. read that yeah and barnabas and barnabas and saul returned from jerusalem when they had completed their service bringing with them john whose other name was mark so remember in chapter 11 they were in antioch uh, they've come to bring their relief to the Jews. Remember, there was a guy named Agabus. He, he had this vision there was going to be a famine. So they took money and gifts down there to help the, the Jewish believers in the church. And when they went back, they took Mark. They returned. They didn't take anybody else that we know of. So this is the first time that we see Mark is helpful uh, or, or, or mm-hmm. serving. And again, he wasn't a preacher, an apostle an evangelist. He was just a helper. And we know from Colossians 4, uh, verse 10, it says when Mark wrote that, or when uh, Paul wrote it, that Mark was the cousin of Barnabas. Yeah. So obviously Barnabas s- saw something in Mark. He he trusted him. He probably said, hey, Paul, let's take my cousin along. He can help us. And so, and by the way, Barnabas was a Levite. And if you were a Levite, your role was what? To serve the priest, 
That's what Levites do. So if Mark was his cousin, more than likely through the mom related to Barnabas, there was Levitical blood in Mark's veins Interesting. too. Yeah. So I, that's just, I've never thought about that until I, I got ready for this study. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, this, this, I think that's what impacted me the most. We'll talk more about this, this idea of service, serving and, uh, you know, interesting, like a lot of the other gospel writers, it's not a lot of focus on the writer. Yeah. It's a focus on the Lord. It is. And, uh, glad you tuned in today. If you want to call 844-777-SWAT, 844-777-7928. Email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Love to hear from you. We'll be right back. Men, raising our children in this culture is hard. What should we do? Lonnie Berger, author of Every Man a Warrior. A pastor and I were discussing the problem of raising children in our culture. He was bemoaning the fact that our culture is so secular, corrupting our children and undermining the teaching of the church. But culture has always been anti-Christian. In Matthew 22, Jesus says, you are in error because you do not know the scripture. As fathers, it is our responsibility to become men of the Word so we know how to teach and model the truth of the Scripture to our children. Our walk with God is something our children watch very closely. And when we obey the Scripture, normally our children will too. If you'd like to learn more, go to everymanawarrior.com. Every Man a Warrior is a ministry of TWR. No active accidents, but there's some delays because of a broken down vehicle on the East Beltway, 295 southbound at Bay Meadows Road. Also, there's a disabled vehicle on the West Beltway, 295 northbound before Duval Road near the airport. Partly cloudy tonight, low 68. Wednesday, partly sunny, high 87. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed, for the good Lord has come to see. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call 844-777-7928. Always love to hear from you guys. And uh, again, if you are um, in the Jacksonville area, uh, the Bible studies, the SWAT Bible studies that Doug teaches, we're back in rhythm. And uh, we'll be getting together tomorrow uh, out in Ponte Vedra Beach, out at the uh, Woody's on Solana Road, 6.30 tomorrow morning. That's correct. And that's a great group to join up. Again, the lesson is always the same. doesn't matter what study you go to. So if you miss one on Wednesday, there's one on Thursday you can attend. And, uh, of course, you can always uh, tune in to the Zoom uh, SWAT study. If you have an interest in that, maybe you're you're in Virginia Beach or uh, Meridian, Mississippi, or wherever you might be and you're interested in getting into a men's study, um, Email Doug, Doug at SWATradio.com. Just let him know you want to join in that. He'll send you an invite to uh, to jump on board with that one. 
again, this is a Bible study. (laughs) This is not a you know small group uh, which we're we're supportive of. We're just saying, just we want to make sure you know this is a a teaching ministry. Yeah, we're working through Mark right now currently, and uh, just to let you guys know, uh, if you can't remember. Doug at SWATradio.com for the invite for the Zoom. Just go to SWATradio.com, put on the SWAT meetings, and it tells you where they all meet, the addresses. Like Brad said, we're on Solano Road at Woody's. Uh, We meet lunch here at the Salem Center on Bentley Road. We meet uh, at Jumping Jack's House of Food on Thursday mornings. It says 6.30 on the website. It should be 6.15. They actually bumped that up 15 minutes uh, 6.15 to 7.15 uh, at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. Fridays at 9 a.m. down in St. Augustine at the Village Inn. And then, of course, uh, Thursday nights on the Zoom meeting. Um, so if you uh, – and by the way, uh, there were some problems with the website. Uh, apparently, there was an update we didn't know about to the hosting thing, and we had to go in there and tweak it. But it should be uh, going back, and you can go book, go in there and see recent programs or hear recent programs. So um, getting back to uh, just a quick recap of Mark, what we've learned just from reading in Acts 12 and uh, so far in 13, um, John Mark, uh, John Mark is Mark. That's the guy who wrote the Gospel of Mark. And his first name was Jewish John, second name was Gentile, which meant his mother Mary was married to a Gentile. No Jewish couple would mar- would name their child with a Gentile name. I can mm-hmm. promise you that, uh, especially during this time period, right? Right. And so we know that uh, Peter uh, w- was a regular at the house church that met at John Mark's mother's house there. Um. We know that she must have um, been a woman of uh, means because she had a servant that lived in the house. You just got to pick up on stuff. You know, I love Howard Hendricks always used to teach, you know, and he's got a great study out there called uh, Living by the Book. But it teaches you to observe things in Scripture. And, Brad, I have to tell you, the FBI was a great training tool for me interesting observation yeah Yeah. and interpreting (laughs) what you observe and then applying it and that's the principles hendrix used and so when you look at things like this you might just read over it and 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 blow through some stuff like that you know i remember one of the tasks that uh, professor hendrix gave to his students was he would make them all read acts 1 8 every new class and then they would have to write down all their observations and That's there's good. literally hundreds of ob- observations mm-hmm. about one verse <clears throat> and so as you're reading the bible look at things and think okay john mark if mark you know if mark is a gentile name or the mother is Mary. She has a servant girl. You know, these things, they're meeting in the house. That's where Peter, it's the first place Peter goes when he gets out. And there's people praying there. There's a church there who was praying the church. And so you you kind of can connect the dots. And then we know from further in chapter 12 that Mark was Barnabas's, well, actually, uh, that he was Barnabas's cousin from Colossians 4, 2.10. But Barnabas, at the end of 12, invites Mark to go with them uh, up back up to Antioch, which meant now Mark is up in the Antioch area with uh, Paul and Barnabas. 
well, then we know from chapter 13 what happens, right? If you go and you look at um, chapter 13. Verse 5, well, I yeah, think yeah, it yeah, starts we see, there. Well, we see Paul and Barnabas are what? Sent on their first missionary journey and read what it says in verse 5. Yeah, when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. And, and the word there is literally helper. Yeah. Mark was the helper. When they say uh, there they had John, why would they say John? Well, because they have it's two Jews. Yeah, exactly. But that's John Mark. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and so uh, they're there, and we know what happens in um, uh, over there. Elymas, the magician, in verse 8, opposed them. Paul had some nice words about him, said he was full of deceit. He was son of a devil, enemy of righteousness. Um, so is it okay to say those things sometimes about someone? I guess so, because Paul did it, right? Yeah, exactly. Nothing said not to. So, <clears throat> yeah. uh, But it was tough going there. And read what it says in verse 13. Yes. Um, <clears throat> now, Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos, and came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. This is this is not good. Yeah. This is when it says John left, it's not like, okay, guys, I'll catch you later in a right. good way. He deserted them. He disappeared. I mean, he's gone for a few years. Nobody really knows. He didn't go back to Antioch. He went to Jerusalem and really was off the grid for a couple of years there. And the next time he's on the scene we see is over in chapter 15 yep. where Paul says to Barnabas, what? What does he say? 1536. So 1536. Let me go there. Uh, it says, and after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Verse 37. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Verse 39, And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Hmm. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Yeah, and so this, this is a big deal and the Paul Barnabas relationship, the Paul Mark relationship. I mean, here's what's going on. Uh, Barnabas, hey, Paul, you know what? Um, it, it, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go do that. Um, but I want to take Mark with us. Hmm. Let's give him another chance. And Paul kept insisting, no. I mean, it, it, it was, um, no. He's like, no, we're not going to do that. This guy deserted us. We're not going to take him. So they get going back and forth so much and so uh, heated that the Bible calls it a sharp disagreement in verse 39. So this is so sharp that Mark's desertion severed not only his relationship with Paul, but Barnabas, his cousin. And so... What ends up happening is Barnabas took Mark with him, like you said, goes to Cyprus, which is where he's from, by the way. Barnabas is from, to proclaim the gospel there. Paul chose Silas to take his place, and they, and it says that, you know, Paul didn't trust 
Mark. He didn't trust him. Um, he was a deserter. And so when you see that, how do you think Mark felt when Paul was so disagreeable to him going with them that it caused a division? How do you think he probably felt, Brad? Yeah, it's, uh, well, we've, we've all been there, right? I yeah. mean, we've been in positions like that. Yeah. Um, he had to feel useless, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I think I can think of times where maybe I, I wasn't included, you know, it's, uh, but at the same time, you have to look at that situation and wonder, Listen, if you're going on mission, you want somebody who's gonna that you can count on. Well, absolutely. You know? But at that moment, I'm just talking about the moment that this disagreement came mm-hmm. that he sees his cousin now is separated from Paul, and he's he's the reason. Yeah. He had to be feeling some element of shame, some element of yeah. of con, you know, just like wow, I can't believe this is happening, and at least. It would appear that way, mm-hmm. and and so if the story stopped there, yeah, it it would be very very sad. It's sad, but it would be very very sad if that's. But that's not the way it ended. And uh, when we come back from this last break, we're just gonna have one closing thought, and then people, we you and I can kind of talk about the things we've talked about today and anybody can call in we'd love to have them call in yeah that number is 844-777-7928 844-777-SWAT you have a question or comment send that to ask at swatradio.com stay tuned we'll be right back this program has the potential to reach millions of men each week If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network and Ocean Way at 91.7. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be all right. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call, again, 844-777-7928. Love to take your calls as Doug and I continue to look at kind of an intro to the, the, the gospel of Mark. We are going to be jumping in, correct, uh, tomorrow, starting tomorrow at the Bible studies to Mark 1. Yes, and... Um, we're going to be looking at verses one through eight tomorrow, but um, where we ended it before we went to the break is this huge split or schism between 
Barnabas and Paul, two, two really probably I'd say one of the greatest missionary pairs in history, right? Mm-hmm. And um, now they're split over this issue. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, wanted to take Mark with them. Paul said no, and I, I, I really believe Paul was warranted in that because he did. It says mm-hmm. he deserted them. Now. There's been people on both sides that say, you know, Paul was in sin for not taking him. Others say Mark was or Barnabas was in sin for not, you know, yielding. But it doesn't say whether either one of them sinned in this. It just said they disagreement. Right. And we talked about that when we went through that passage in SWAT that, you know what, there may be some times in ministry where you have a uh, preference for a particular way of accomplishing a task that may differ from somebody with you in your ministry Mm -hmm. or in your sphere of influence. Right. Now, if you're under their authority, you have two options. You either yield or you split. You, You say, okay, this is not where I need to be right now. Maybe God's using it to move you. Um, because, again, there's no real designation whether Barnabas was in sin or Paul was in sin. It just says they split. But if you look at young Mark, who was the source of it, his desertion is what led to it. Um, Paul didn't trust him. He, he had showed a lack of courage, and he was a deserter. Uh, he deserted them, and that wasn't a good thing. So um, he he ends up going. Paul goes, does his thing in Syria and Seleucia, uh, strengthen the churches. But something Interesting happens about 10 years later. And if you open up, Brad, to Colossians 4, remember Colossians was, it was one of the three letters Paul wrote when he was in Rome. The first imprisonment, Paul was imprisoned twice in Rome. Some people link them together, but there were two imprisonments in Rome uh, where Paul was Mm -hmm. imprisoned there. The the first time he wrote to the Ephesians, to the Colossians, and to Philemon. And when he wrote to the church in Colossae, which he wrote the letter of Colossians, there were false teachers coming in trying to give people these rules about eating and drinking and all these festivals. And and Paul just lays out in his letter that, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the head of the church. He he's the, you know, he is the superior thing to everything about the church. And he says the right way of living in our world that we have to live temporarily is to focus on the heavenly things, not the earthly things. And so he writes this, but at the end of the letter, in chapter 4, verse 10, from a Roman prison, he writes this. Read it, Yeah, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions— if he comes to you, welcome him. So Aristarchus was another believer who was in prison with him there. And he writes, you know, he says, listen, you if you need to receive this brother, Mark. He calls him Mark, which is interesting to me. He doesn't refer to him mm-hmm. as John, but <clears throat> right. he identifies him as the cousin of Barnabas. And then he 
puts concerning whom you've received instruction. So apparently, uh, Barn or Paul is sending Mark to Colossae to kind of go check on the church there. Either he's carrying the letter hmm. or he's going as Paul's representative, which is huge, right? Yeah. That is that is huge. Um, and also, uh, if he wrote Philemon for there, flip over to Philemon. Um, Ver, uh, chapter, verse, verse 24, verse, I think it verse is. Verse 23, 23, 24. Um, Sorry, let me, let me find it here. Um Philemon gets kind of hidden back in here. Verse 23 says, uh, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. Verse 24, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. Yeah, and so a couple of things I want you to take note of there. One, here, here is Paul, a prisoner in Rome, and guess who's running with him again? <laughs> this is yeah. Mark. Mm-hmm. This is the one who deserted, and he's there. But there's also another guy there he mentions who would desert him in the future named Demas. Now, Brad, you and I have spent enough time around Christian leaders and being around people who who were supporting these Christian leaders What's, what happens when a group of guys who are serving Christian leaders are doing projects together? You tend to talk about, well, what's your story? What's your story? There is absolutely no way that Demas, Aristarchus, Luke, that they did not know the story of John Mark. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they would have known that. Definitely. And I see God's sovereignty in that, in that, John Mark is there when Demas is there, but Demas ultimately leaves later. Hmm. Not here, later. And isn't that just like God to bring somebody into the path of somebody who's going to do something to warn them with their story? Have you ever heard that before? You know, I mean, I've never thought about that. You know, when you, you know, Demas does. Yeah, uh, we know he leaves. He he deserts, right? He does the same same thing thing. that John Mark did. And yet he hears right there with him in in Rome. I mean, Rome with with Paul. But don't miss the point that uh, Mark has basically now Paul's obviously taken him back in. The fact that he would send him there, mm-hmm. but he who's he hanging with? He's not only hanging with Paul. Who else is he hanging with? Luke. Yeah. Who's going to write another gospel? Oh. Who's going to who? Who's a historian? Yeah. Do you think that Luke didn't have any influence over John Mark? Right. So so it's God's sovereign thread, and that's really the point that um, I think we see in all of this introduction this week is whether it's Peter being in his home when he was a little kid preaching the gospel, possibly uh, sharing the gospel and leading him to, to a faith in the yeah. Christ, uh, to him now being back reunited with Paul, we see this thread of God weaving into Mark's life to bring us the gospel of Mark one day as the very first written account of the life of Jesus. And it is a beautiful picture of restoration because that's what's going on. Something changed, and the deserter has now become a server. Hmm. You know, the guy who let him down is now the one who he's sending out as his delegate 
So I, it's a great story of restoration. And tomorrow we're going to look, because here's the question, and I'll tease tomorrow with this, is that how long did that relationship last between John Mark and Paul? Because this is the first imprisonment. We know Paul leaves and he comes back. Was was Mark with him the whole time? Hmm. You're going to have to tune in tomorrow to get that. <laughs> what a great, it, it, it was such an encouragement, you know, that you realize that, you know, because all of us at one time or another have been Mark, you know, we have stumbled, we have struggled, we have been, we have been the deserters at We've times. We've been the demons, we choose the world. Totally, over, totally. Over Jesus. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, what a... Obviously, Scripture doesn't give us detail as to what caused the division. It also doesn't give us details as to why they reconciled. But clearly, there's reconciliation. And uh, Paul recognizes that there's there's good in Mark, there, that Mark can be useful. And I think, Doug, I, I, I kind of, you know, depending on your personality, you can look at certain people and write them off mm-hmm. as not not helpful. And yet... We're the body of Christ. You know, it's like that old story. You, you ever stub your toe? Mm-hmm. You, you think your toe isn't valuable, but it's very valuable. Yeah. And and that we are we are each uniquely gifted to serve the body of Christ. And clearly Paul recognizes that in John Mark, so much so that he invites him back in yes. uh, to the ministry. Well, one of the one of the things that I get asked a lot is somebody who gets invited to go speak at conferences or retreats or even one-offs, you know, men's breakfast or whatever, is I want to serve the Lord, but I'm, I can't get up and speak in front of people, or I want to, I, you know, I don't feel called to be a preacher, but I want to use my gifts for the kingdom. And I'm like, well, do it. You don't have to be the guy who's behind a microphone yeah. or up up on a platform. God needs, well, I should say, God chooses, not He needs. He chooses to use all of his people with the gifts he's given them to do the things he wants to do through their gift mix and experiences. Nothing is wasted in your life. No problem, no obstacle, no failure. And I look at John Mark and I, I, I literally, Brad was thinking, God brought him into Demas's life Mm -hmm. right there, you know, in Rome as a warning like I, I've never thought about that I until I, I went through this, but he was a warning. Well, that would have never happened had he not deserted. Hmm. And here he is with Demas. Yeah. Again, folks, observation, interpretation, application. Be a student of the Bible. Yeah. Look yeah. for those connection points. It is. It, it it makes it so rich, doesn't it, Brad? It really does. I I can't help but think about you. You talked about how certain people in you know in the body of Christ they want to serve in this this capacity. You know, I mean, I want to be I want to be great for the kingdom. I, I can't help but think of I think it's Luke sixteen sixteen nineteen mm-hmm. or sixteen ten that says uh, one who is faithful in a very little. <clears throat> Uh, is also faithful in much. Yeah, I think we've got to just step out where we are. Whatever, however God has uniquely gifted you. Don't tell God how you're gifted. Let, let God tell you how he's gifted you. Yeah. And then jump in there and serve in that capacity. Yeah. Hey, I got to tell you something real quick before we go out. 
I just got off the phone with Rich Griffith, who used to play oh, yeah. for the Jaguars. <laughs> He's a campus pastor out in Phoenix, Arizona. So they've got a new guy on their worship team out there who served with me at East West, and he gives Rich a book about his parents' ministry in Russia. And he's reading, and they're saying, like, yeah, we had this guy who's a former FBI agent, and he's going, <laughs> wait a minute, Doug, Doug used to go to Russia. So we ask him, finds out that me and that guy and his parents were all connected. That's crazy. And he, he called, he says, man, it's such a small world. It Isn't is. It? so God true. God is weaving lives together. <clears throat> Never underestimate who he's going to weave into your life. Be a servant. Amen. Go find a place to serve. Amen. Glad you tuned in today. Join us tomorrow. We'll be back at it. SWAT Radio.